Ding dong, Kamala's gone, Kamala's gone, Kamala's gone. <laughs> Ding dong, Kamala's gone. Hey guys, we're back. Uh, I'm back with another episode. Uh, it's a little late this week, but who cares? Uh, today, uh, this guy named, he, I guess he maybe he thinks he's a bird. I don't know. <laughs> He's uh, one half of the fag cast. Not that kind of fag. Don't worry. It's not, well, uh, <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> hey, who knows? No one cares. <laughs> what is the old the Seinfeld bit? Yeah, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's up? Heidi Ho, how are you? Uh, good. I, I'm good. I, uh, I enjoyed your song. Um, and uh, and I, I, it's a good song to be playing because uh, the witch is dead, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I changed the word dead to gone because I don't know why. <laughs> the witch is, truly, is never truly dead. <laughs> That's true. She could, I guess she could come back. Um, oh, boy. Well, now, now she's just back to wreaking, to, uh, wreaking havoc on California. So, Right. And I will t- I'll tell you what, I would not be surprised if she decided to run in uh, 2024. Um, oh, no, we'll, I'm sure she will. We'll be hearing from Kamala Harris again, I think, probably very soon. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I have... I don't know. Did you end up listening to my interview with Monica Perez? No, I didn't get a chance to. Tell me. So I brought up the fact that I had been thinking that Kamala Harris was like the the chosen one by the oh, DNC. Man. You think you think so? Well, so. In 2017, the summer of 2017, the Clintons held a fundraising dinner for her in the Hamptons. No shit. Yeah. So so I thought coming into this, she was their chosen one. Handpicked, yeah. And I think now that she's dropped out, my theory was always that I thought, well, she was going to just stick around till the end. And since the superdelegates are still in play, right? you know, they're, they're in play just not for the first vote, for the second vote. Sure. But it's going to get to a second vote because... You know, there are 20 candidates in the race. Right. <laughs> so I thought the superdelegates were just going to all pick her. But right. I, get, I guess that Tulsi Gabbard started her precipitous downfall in the rankings. She's dropped like 20% over her run. Now, it, it's... um. It might be wrong to attribute it to her, but and, and and I've made it very clear I'm not a fan of her. 
But I do think that Tulsi Gabbard had a really big role to play in taking Kamala Harris down. Um, if you remember uh, some of the exchanges that they had on the uh, debate stage with one another, yeah, um, she was going at her about, and I can't even remember what the specific thing, she, do you remember what she was attacking her over? Yeah, she... Uh... Uh, she, she, I don't think she ever mentioned the truancy thing. She didn't, she didn't. But she did call her out on, uh, arresting people for marijuana. That's what it was. That's what it was. And then uh, going on national TV a couple of months ago and saying she smoked pot in college. (laughs) And then... The dumbest thing about that, though, was that she said she smoked pot in college while listening to Tupac and Snoop Dogg. And Snoop Dogg! <laughs> and, this, and, this is, by the way, this is the same woman who has a quote where she says, I probably own every Bob Marley album. <laughs> right. So she was, so, she definitely smokes well, weed. Well, Wait, listen to this. So she she graduated in 1988. Uh-huh. That was before Snoop Dogg or Tupac put out an album. Holy shit. Are you serious? So, yeah. <laughs> no. The second she said that, I was like, wait, this doesn't sound right. I think that, she's too old. Wait, hold on. What year did she graduate? She graduated in 88. That is crazy. Yeah. That's way, way, way later. I mean, way earlier than Tupac, for sure. That's 92, I think. Uh, Yeah, 91, 92 92. was Tupac's first album. I mean, listen, you know, is it plausible that people were listening to them before that, that knew about them? Yeah, but... Kamala Harris, like, uh-huh. I mean, you know, she's, I'm sure she was some tight, uh, tight buttoned up student who yeah, 100%. wanted to go to law school and sure. I just never bought it. But so, so she, 1988 was the year she graduated. Yeah. This is amazing. So on Tupac's Wikipedia page, and this is not sourced, but I'm sure this is accurate because it's Tupac's page. So I'm sure enough people have gone through this. Uh, he started using the alias MC New York. This is before he was Tupac in 1989. So he, wow. was, he, he couldn't even have been known in her in her years in, yeah. in uh, college, yeah, that, that is really incredible. That that's a great pickup that you noticed that because that that is really tells you a lot about her as a person. <laughs> yeah, oh. and uh, just uh, so I I thought she was just gonna stick around till the end, and they were gonna manipulate everything like they do. Sure. Now I think that uh, Hillary Clinton popping up in the news is related to that specifically. Yeah, yeah. 
I could see that. You know what? Something that I, I think is interesting that you also noticed was that they paid for that. You said they had a fundraising dinner for her in 2017. Yeah. First of all, I didn't know that at all, which is very, that's very interesting. But second of all, it does explain to you how little influence the Clintons have on the Democratic Party anymore, that they couldn't even push Kamala the cop through. Like, well, I think what I think what happened is that they saw her falling all the way down and said, "You know, you have to you you'll get your shot next time." Sure, we, yeah, they pulled yeah. the plug on her. You think? Yeah, like they, yeah, sort yeah. of like they did in wait with Hillary. They said like Obama needs to be the nominee. Oh man, that was a vicious cycle too. Yeah, that's true. Well then, I guess it brings up the question, you know, what caused them to notice that she was spiraling? You know, like what caused the spiral in the first place? And I really do think it brings us back to Tulsi. Uh, That moment really crippled her. Like she never, she never really recovered from it. You know, like she... Yeah, right after that, is yeah, there was that's right. There's more shit. Right after that is when all the polls, her numbers just started dropping. Yeah. So maybe it is maybe Tulsi was the Kamala killer. Maybe Tulsi's cop killer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's maybe told that's what Tulsi was was there for. She was like the divine intervention to yeah. keep Kamala Harris out I of actually- office. Actually, after the uh, after that debate, I made a meme where um, I I think Tulsi was. I took a picture of uh, Mortal Kombat. Sure. And Tulsi was Raiden, huh. and uh, <laughs> and Kamala was some other character, sure. and Raiden was finishing her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It. It is. I wish. First of all, I wish we could do that in real life. <laughs> Just watch them Mortal Kombat one another. But uh, I. Yeah. That's great. That is great. So she's uh she's done now. I I actually think she, her. Do you know about the story about her sister? No. What? So her sister. Uh, let me get her name. It, her campaign advisor is Maya Harris. Wow, Maya Harris is gorgeous. Wow. Her sister's beautiful. <clears throat> Holy crap. I never noticed this. I never like knew what she looked like. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, her sister, Maya Harris, if you Google her, she is a her, like, basically, she's Kamala Harris's consultant, right? She's, like, her political career, her campaign advisor. Uh, one of them, at least. Uh there is another guy who's involved with Harris's campaign named Juan Rodriguez uh, and Kamala Harris's sister and Juan Ron Rodriguez were like basically crapping all over one another, fighting, uh, uh, um, undermining one another's positions within her campaign. And like Kamala had zero control over it and it just got completely out of hand and it really like collapsed her campaign. So, <laughs> Uh, nothing went right for her. Um, nothing at all went right for her. So I guess we could say we're lucky in that respect. 
Yeah, I mean, it actually says Maya Harris is a political analyst for MSNBC. Yes, yeah, huh? that's the one. So... Yeah. Yeah, so, and that's true too, right? Political analyst for MSNBC. So she had inside the media connections too, and she couldn't get it done. I mean, yeah, so it's the same thing as like Hillary Clinton and Donna Brazil. Yeah, one. yeah, very similar. Very si- Well, a- a- and I- I- at least Kamala never cheated, right? <laughs> like Hillary not actually. That we know of. She, yeah, you're right. Not that we know of. That's true. Um, that's now that I. Yeah, that is interesting. Only there's only one cheater that I can think of so far that we know of, and that's Buttigieg. Uh, he's the only guy who's we know that he's cheated to like get to boost his numbers. Um, uh, not that anybody I, cares. I that. What did he do? So uh, Buttigieg, um, in order to get endorsements, uh, he sent out an email to, um, and I don't think it was just. Um, uh, African-Americans within his district. Oh no, it was within North Carolina, but people who were like registered either to his campaign or to the DNC campaign. But I think his specifically, he emailed them and the email basically, of course it was, it was like uh, buried under a bunch of words, but basically what it said was, if you do not reply to this email stating that you would not like to be involved, uh, if you don't reply, we will consider your lack of replying an endorsement of Pete Buttigieg. And so anybody who didn't see the email on time, and by the way, I think they gave people like 24 hours to opt out when they sent this email out. So they sent this email out, it goes out, people don't see it. And now those people's names who didn't see it get listed as endorsements for Pete Buttigieg. So this was straight up cheating, straight up cheating. Um, and I can't believe nobody's called him on it, but it's amazing the, the things that these individuals get to get away with. Uh, and then the weird things that they don't get to live down. Like, I mean, that's a major example of it. I guess the Donna Brazil thing really is the worst example, but ultimately she lost. So, at least it went there. Pete Buttigieg might actually win. <laughs> that's that's the scary part. <laughs> well, Pete Buttigieg scares me because he he seems to just change what he says based on you know he started out very progressive in line with everyone. Yep. Yep. And recently he's become very moderate. You know why that is, right? <laughs> well, it, it basically is to differentiate himself, and it basically says that, you know, I'll say whatever I want, whatever I think you guys want to hear, and then, you know, I have no values. So my suspicion has been that they know that the Biden train is going to collapse one day, and he's oh, standing yeah. right behind as the white male centrist guy that 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 you know they couldn't get Joe Biden to vote to come out and vote for. So now they got Pete Buttigieg. He's just the younger Joe Biden. That's been my theory. Well, I had thought uh, because if you remember, you remember the whole uh, busing thing. 
explain the busing thing to me. That it was uh, Kamala Harris challenge called Joe Biden out for supporting or not supporting busing back in the 60s. Right. Because, and he was basically, and he was right on the issue because he was saying it shouldn't be a federal issue. That's right. Uh, he, 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 what was it? He didn't, it's not that he opposed busing. He, he opposed that it was being done by the Department of Education, right? Right, right. right. Something like that. He that is actually a, a very good Joe Biden position. Right. <laughs> right. Weird. And then, but Kamala Harris was calling him out on it. And at that point, I thought Joe Biden was sort of there to make Kamala Harris look good. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I mean, he's like what seventy eight. He's he's way older than that mentally. I'll tell you that he is like ninety five to a hundred mentally. He's yeah, and no one's gonna vote for him. Like people now, you say you you say that, but he is leading in the polls, which I I don't understand how. Yeah, but I mean the I don't. I mean, like, I don't think the polls really mean very much. But yeah, that, I don't think the polls mean shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, he, but he still has that clout. You know, oh, he still yeah, has, he has enough clout that. that people who make polls actually do think that he's electable, which is scary because he's – honestly, he is the – yeah, now that, now that um, Harris is gone, he is the least electable candidate. He is, have you been, I don't know if, if you, uh, if you've listened to any of the recent episodes of my podcast, but even if you haven't, um, we've been focusing on the show a lot about Joe Biden and his, his gaffes, you know, like his screw ups. Um, and he has just had some tremendous screw ups lately. Um, oh, yeah, I, he, you... he can barely put a sentence together. It's unbelievable. Did you see that video of him? He was at like a town hall or something. And I forget what they were talking. Oh, some guy confronted, some guy who was in the audience confronted him about Hunter Biden. And yes, that whole yes, thing. This, this is, is this where he called him fat? <laughs> Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> and he was like, you don't know what you're talking about, Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did he say Jack though, or did he call him fat? <laughs> I think he said fat as he was walking away under his yes. breath. Yes. Oh man, he is unbelievable. He's an he is like a grandfather, really. Like he really is. Like a World War Two era grandfather, <laughs> and like in an isolated incident, uh-huh. I could understand that. Uh huh. Like you're attacking his kid. Sure. But with everything else that has happened to him, like it's just it just piles on. Yeah, it definitely does. Um. I, I really uh who was it? It was Mike Pence was recently exploring uh 
whichever the amendment is for like a, 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 when a president can't uh, function anymore. Oh, the uh, 25th. 25th, right? Yeah. yeah so the, uh, the 20, yes, the 25th amendment is related to like succession and disability. Um, Pence recently, he denied, even though they had evidence of it, that he explored options to use the 25th amendment against Donald Trump. Um, this, w- this was recent. This was very recent. This was right around the time that the impeachment inquiry kicked off when they started interviewing those people. He was exploring options, and then he had to deny it to the media. I can't, cannot, I promise you this, and this, the latest poll that came out, it came out, uh, in fact, it came out today. Can I, can I say today's date just so I can date us? Yeah, it's coming out okay. tonight. Okay, so the 16th, uh, Monday the 16th, uh, the most recent poll since that point uh, has said number one with 25% of the Democratic electorate for the primary is Joe Biden. Number two with 22% of the electorate is Bernie Sanders. How in God's name can out of a field of individual, and I, you know, I don't. I, I only get involved in party politics because I think it's interesting. I really don't have any personal stake in it. But how on earth can you as a party put up six or seven candidates who are in their like 40s, you know, multiracial, there's a gay guy up there, there's a Native American woman up there, (laughs) there's Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, (laughs) (laughs) there's Tulsi Gabbard is up there. It's such a wide and interesting variety of people, but then the electorate, like the Democratic Party has tried so hard to get that really like groomed group of very varied people. And the Democratic electorate is like, nah, old white business guys, let's do it. <laughs> let's keep it going. Uh, and I just think it's so interesting. And the point of the 25th Amendment was, if we're going to use that on Donald Trump, who at times he's completely unhinged, but I, I don't think he's a crazy person. I, actually, I think he's a fucking genius. It's insane. Some of the things he's able to do. Um, like control the media the way that he can, despite the fact that they completely hate him. It's like artwork. Um, But the point of the 25th Amendment bringing that up is, how on earth are you going to tell me that Trump is viable against the 25th Amendment where we could pull him out of office because he's crazy, but we're going to put Joe Biden, who is 200 years old mentally, he's got a rotting brain, and he's like a mummy. Wow, he aged 100 years. <laughs> he is a million years old mentally. He's ancient. And then Bernie Sanders, who's not nearly like, who, who's not nearly as mentally old as Joe Biden, because Bernie does, you know, hang out with the youngins, but he's physically a mummy. <laughs> he's a zombie. Oh, yeah. How, how, I, I'm sure you don't give a shit about the political process, but like, imagine if this was any business and you were picking the PR representative. This is horrible. <laughs> it's it's such a horrible decision, just all around terrible. Well, I think that goes back to, to uh, the whole Kamala Harris being the chosen one thing. Is that yeah. she was the chosen one, and then uh, something. Uh, and then Tulsi Gabbard happened. You know what? 
You know what? They always hated Tulsi, and maybe that was Tulsi's get back, and it worked. It could be, yeah. And, maybe it, it worked. And uh, so uh, she basically ruined Kamala Harris for this campaign, at least. And, yeah, at least. And at now least. they're and they're scrambling, and they don't know what to do. That's you know what I I feel like you're right. I, I haven't come up with a better sort of understanding of the situation than that, is that they had a golden boy and it was Kamala Harris and then Kamala just could not do it. Couldn't do it. And, it, and, and really, Kamala Harris hits all of what the Democratic Party thinks its electors want. Black oh, woman, yeah. lawyer, not unstable or unhinged like Donald Trump. Uh, uh, I mean, oh, criminal justice? No, no, thank you. Just kind of cop, cop. So she was very appealing. You're right. And, and I really do think, I think I'm with you there. I, I don't think I'll ever forget that. That seems like a really good way to explain the situation is she was chosen and she couldn't do it. And now that she couldn't do it and they kind of knew that everybody else they put up was a secondhand choice. Like it's, it's you know, we'll, anybody else was going to go second. I originally predicted Kamala Harris was going to win the election. I was very sure early on that that she was that she was going to win. She could not hold the torch at all, at all. Uh, no, absolutely not. And I think, you know, they just I I could see them pivoting to Pete Buttigieg now. That's what I have seen. But we really, we will not know until the Iowa caucus because, I mean, right now, you remember, like, Michael Bloomberg still has not been in a debate. And Michael Bloomberg is like a guy who my dad would vote for. A guy who has nobody in this election who he gives a shit about. Just a New York father. (laughs) Whoever that guy's vote is. He's taking votes away from Buttigieg and Biden and Warren. He will. But he I will. don't know. I don't know if anyone outside of New York would uh, vote for him. Enough. What I'm saying is, enough people in New York like him that it makes the other candidates' chances of success just that less sure. Maybe. Yeah. Think I about mean, it this way: out of the Democratic Party electorate, what is one of the biggest states in that electorate? It has to be New York, right? It has to be for the city yeah, alone. New York and California. Right? So California, they do their thing. So whatever they do, they're going to do. New York, you, you and I, you're from New York. I'm from New York. We just walk around the street. Like There are people who have very negative opinions of, of Michael Bloomberg, but here more than anywhere else in the country, there are a lot of Michael Bloomberg supporters, a lot. And they're mostly like 40 to 50, going up to 60-year-old uh, usually white, although I know Michael Bloomberg has like a lot of support from prob- from from the Asian base. That's what it was. So he's got that too. It's it could potentially be, especially because New York is the biggest, second biggest maybe electorate in the Democratic Party. You could be talking about like four or five or six percent Michael Bloomberg taking away from somebody, and like that's huge when there isn't a sure thing, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure how uh, the process works for delegates, though. 
I'm not sure if it's the same as they get delegates based on their uh, based on the national election from the previous uh, 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 whatever you call it the previous election. That's- oh, so it's based. But it, so, what I'm saying is it the same proportions as in the national election. They 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 are based on the previous national election. Yeah. So so it's probably. It's probably like as far as nationally, like distributed between states, the populations haven't changed much, and both New York and California have voted voted Democrat in the previous two election cycles. So I can't imagine it's changed that much. Right. So they basically get the same amount of delegates. They get. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, they get. 4,594 delegates in total, 3,836 pledged, and 758 automatic delegates. Those are super delegates, like you were saying before. Right. Um, that number is calculated based on, yes, the, 2000, the previous election year's results, uh, whatever those, however that works. So it's got to be very similar. But the point being, New York is still number two there right? Like it it has to be number two or three. I mean, if you look at the map of largest uh, uh, pledged delegates, 495 pledged delegates are from California, 327 delegates are from New York. So it's it's less, but the New Yorkers are the ones who are familiar with Bloomberg, you know? So that he's, I'm telling you, the Bloomberg vote spoil for the primary is going to make things very, very funny. It potentially could make things really funny. Right, but don't forget that Donald Trump's from New York, too. No, no, no. This is just for the primary. <laughs> no, I know. But what, yeah. I'm say- what I'm saying is, I, if, I'm a, if I'm running the Democratic Party, I want someone who can beat Donald Trump. Yeah, I see what you're saying. My, I see what you're Michael saying. Michael Bloomberg is not that person. If you Michael, don't think so? If Michael Bloomberg gets up there on the debate stage versus Donald Trump. Oh, it'll be a subway first, series. The first, <laughs> thing, the first thing out of Donald Trump's mouth is, you tried to take away my big hulk. Yes. Yes, it's true. It's true. It's true. If he never says big gulp in that entire exchange, I would be I would pay money to somebody. He you know he's saying it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I yeah, it's a good point. I guess I don't know though because I, I, for the purposes of the primary, I 100% Michael Bloomberg will never make it to the final stage. Never. He won't ever make it. Nobody likes him. Nobody. I, except, yeah, except for a small but large enough percentage of New Yorkers who could really screw up the delegate voting. <laughs> that, that's all I mean to say. And I think it, it, like, again, if there's 327 delegates in New York, and those are all the Democratic delegates, not the Republican, those are just Democrats. If Bloomberg could steal 20 of those, that would be 20 that would have gone to people to judge Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden instead. And so it makes everything just like a little bit crazy because it puts all of them so much more evenly next to one another that 
I think the only natural move after that is for them to start mercilessly attacking one another. And that's when it gets really funny. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I don't... I think there's so much that I just wouldn't trust. If I'm a Democrat voter, I would not trust the Democratic Party right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how there are still Democrats. How on earth can you trust this party with what they have done in the past two election cycles? And they, and they flo- Obama was a layup for them. He was, he is a brilliant politician and speaker. He was like, he went into there. He like, they cupped their hands out and asked for an angel and he peed into their hands. It was Obama that peed into their hands and they took it and they were happy with it. Now that he's gone, they have not even attempted to try and build their charisma for the past, you know, eight years of his presidency. And then for the past four years of the current presidency, they've done nothing to build their own charisma. All they've done is look insane. They look crazy. They've tried to destroy, they've tried to remove Trump from office the entire time. The entire time. And I think the worst part about it is, I think that what he did in regards to the Ukraine call is impeachable, not removable, but I think it is impeachable. And they completely blew their load early with with the Mueller thing, with the Kavanaugh thing, with I mean, I mean, like everything was a big deal. Everything, everything was a huge deal, and they completely blew their load early, and it screwed them up. And they never got a chance to focus on a candidate, like putting up a candidate who didn't make you want to vomit when they spoke. They didn't. They didn't do the most important thing, and now we're here. Yeah. It's just crazy, this whole thing. And I mean, I, looking at everything going on right now, I think Trump, there's a good chance Trump gets reelected. Oh, very good. I, I, I would almost say it's a sure thing. And then what are, we, what are they going to do? I can't even imagine what the Democrats do. Rebuild. <laughs> That's... That's rebuild mode, right? Uh, uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a Mets fan. I've been a Mets fan my whole life. And my whole life I've been asking, where is the rebuild? When is the rebuild coming? It doesn't ever happen. It seems to be there's one guy who pops up who's good, and then he leaves, and then he's shit. And if the Democratic Party <laughs> takes after my Mets, uh, they will never recover. Uh, they will fall apart. Um, yeah, you big. Uh... <laughs> just like, just like, and then the the will ponds will buy them out, and then they'll never be able to get anybody good ever. <laughs> well, well, luckily for the Mets, it looks like the will ponds are out in five years. Yes, yes, it does look good, so, right? I I did see that that piece of news recently. Somebody else wanted to buy it. Some like loan shark from Russia. Or something. It was some no, no, very suspicious he, character. He's a he's a minority owner. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's a minority, but he's like a very suspicious character. <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, it, it, what we should be talking about is what are the Democrats going to do in twenty twenty four? Because as far as I am concerned, it is almost impossible to predict what's going to happen with the Democratic Party. Um, you know, in twenty twenty. 
But I'm almost convinced Donald Trump is going to be elected again. I mean, he is so much more electable than any other candidate. Uh, and the Democrats, you know, I, I don't know where the Democrats get the votes from. Do, are the Democrats really pulling Republicans? No, they're not. They're absolutely not. So they must be trying to get people out to vote. And the way that they've gone about doing that has been horrendous. It, why would anybody want to go out and wait on a 45-minute line to go and cast a ballot with any of these people's names on it? I can't imagine it. At least with Trump, not that I could ever see myself voting for Donald Trump, but at least Donald Trump has, as far as the general, like, you know, the bird's eye view of the situation goes, he's been president for four years. And nothing, again, to the ordinary person, nothing's happened. The economy's gotten better. Jobs are, 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 there's more jobs now. I mean, like the, the trade war with China, it, it, the interesting thing about the trade war with China is that he's now orchestrating a way to get away from it so that he can pat himself on the back for getting away from it. So that's going to happen too. Um, but like he has done everything that a Republican needs to do to assure that Republicans will continue to vote for him. And beyond that, the Democratic Party has been very happy to make him a martyr for the Republican cause. And yet they haven't killed him, but somehow he's achieved martyrdom. He's been attacked constantly over and over and over again for right or wrong reasons. It really doesn't matter when you look back at it. And Republicans have to be more annoyed than Democrats are. So I can't imagine they're pulling any Democrats. And I can't imagine with the behavior that they've exhibited, anybody would, you know, shake their hand and be like, yeah, I'd like to join you in the Democratic Party. My God, I, I just can't. It, it's a disaster in the Democratic Party. It's a complete disaster. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the only person who I think could have a chance is Tulsi Gabbard. Because I think there are enough people out there who are anti-war and view that as an important issue. And I mean, the way I look at it is that she's, she makes being anti-war her primary issue. And I don't think, well, first of all, I don't think any of the economics are going to happen. I think Everyone in the Republican Party opposes it. And I think there are enough people in the Democratic Party who oppose it also. And so I don't think any of that happens. And I like the fact that she's willing to talk to people. Who, Tulsi? Yeah. Yeah. The big problem with Tulsi is, well... I guess it's not a big problem with her. It's Well, I guess it is a big problem with her. I, it's not a big problem that I have with her, but it is a big problem for her campaign is that she did not qualify for the next debate. So she's not even going to be able to do that stuff that makes us like her. You know what I mean? Like she's well, not, when she gets up there and she starts debating people and really hammering home those points, which we wish we could be yelling at some of these people. Now she didn't even get the chance to do that. So while I agree, she's the most electable, and I don't even think that she's the most electable just for people like us, although I do think she is the most electable for people like us, even though I don't like her. She is the most electable candidate for probably a vast majority of the, the Democratic Party. Um, 
but they don't know that because the only things they know about Tulsi Gabbard are things that Hillary Clinton has said about Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, You know what I mean? So she's, unfortunately, she is hopeless. Like she just, you know, they ended her career before it even got started, basically. Uh, She was able to do some good stuff, but still. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think there's so many blue no matter who people that... Yeah, it doesn't really matter who the candidate is; they're gonna vote yeah, for. Yeah, it's it's whoever the DNC basically makes look the best for yeah, a lot of people. They'll vote. They'll vote for a blue rock. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Actually, I was gonna say some of the guys who are <laughs> some of the guys who will be on stage for that debate are blue rocks. <laughs> I mean, not much more than that. Do you know that Tom Steyer qualified for the debate? Do you even know who Tom Steyer is? Have, well, all I know is like he's some billionaire. Yeah, that's all that I know about him. But apparently he 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 got all of the necessary qualifications. What is what is Tom Steyer doing? What is I his deal? <laughs> I think if you walked up to ten people on the street, or yeah. if, you, if you walked up to ninety-nine if you walked up to a hundred people on the street, yep, yep. ninety-nine of them would have no clue who he is. And that's generous. <laughs> that that is really is generous. I I I I bet you you could even get like a thousand people. I was gonna say a thousand people, maybe five. <laughs> maybe five of those people know who Tom Steyer is. Like by name alone, I would say. Not even like know his policies. I don't know that guy's policies. My God. No, I mean like just know that he's on the debate. Yeah. It looks, I call on Twitter, I've been calling him Tom Bobblehead Sire. Yeah, he does look like that, right? He looks (laughs) like he could just... Every time he speaks, his head goes up and down. (laughs) He he does have a very, like, interesting looking head. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Who else is there? So there's Klobuchar, who... I have no idea how she's still in. Uh, me neither. <laughs> but she's in there, and I don't know a thing about her. Not a thing. Here's the list of people who qualified for the debate. Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders, Tom Steyer, Elizabeth Warren, and Andrew Yang. I know all of those names except Amy Klobuchar and Tom Steyer's. And like, and, and, and I don't know, a th- and all that Amy Klobuchar is, she's not even a billionaire with a bunch of money behind her and a bunch of like donors behind her. Amy Klobuchar is like a senator from Minnesota, I think it is. And that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy that she's still on stage. And I can't even, re- I don't even know what she sounds like. I've listened to the debates. I, can, I can't remember a single time she's spoken. Because she barely speaks. So why are they here, is my question. Is this like a money laundering thing? Why are they on stage? Why are they doing this? I have no idea. The only thing I could think is that everybody from Minnesota is voting for her. (laughs) Yeah, they're really up in Minnesota. They're really pushing for her. Yeah, That's the only thing I could think. Yeah, that's got. She's got to be running on the Minnesota vote, right? I I don't know. I I can't. And, I cannot imagine. 
And for Tom Steyer, they have to be manipulating the polls because there's no way anyone knows who he is and no one's going to... You know what? I bet you Tom Steyer is doing a lot of advertising in small states like everybody else. So we don't see him, but the people of Iowa probably do. Um, the people of Kansas probably know who he is. They probably see his TV advertisement. You know, I mean, you know, you yeah. watch the TV. When was the last time you saw a political advertisement? Quote, I mean, and, and let me, let me, par- let me uh, qualify that. When was the last time you saw a, a, a political advertisement for the presidency for somebody who wasn't like already a sure thing? Because I saw a Joe Biden commercial. I don't know why I saw a Joe Biden commercial. There's no reason for him to be putting them here. He's set here as far as I know. But I can't think of the last time I saw uh, 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 vote for me to save the country. Like, when was the last time that happened here? They know this place is set, you know? Yeah, I have a short thing. So they don't, they, the little guys, and Tom Starr, I guess, would be a little guy, right? Because he doesn't really have the power of the electorate behind him. He couldn't possibly. I don't even know who he is. But he's definitely running advertisements in places like Oklahoma, Kansas, maybe Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, like those places. You know he's running hard ad campaigns. He has to be. It's the only way he could have qualified. He might have some kind of in with the Democratic Party because if you remember, like, um, in 2016, there were a couple of Democrats who they never allowed on the debate stage. Like, yeah, right. They just said, no, you're not. Yeah, that's true. Like, there was Jim Webb, I think, was one of them. Yes, yeah. And I think Lincoln Chafee even was one of them. <laughs> oh, yes, He's Lincoln. Now running for the Libertarian. Yes, you heard about that? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, he's he Lincoln Chafee is pretty amazing, I have to say. I don't know anything <laughs> about him. But. He's a bizarre, bizarre guy. I'm gonna. I, I think I'll get uh, Phil from Punk Rock Libertarians to come back on my podcast, and we'll just kind of talk about Lincoln Chafee because he is like, he's worse than Bill Weld by a by a mile. Like, it, it, it's pretty amazing how much worse it's getting. <laughs> uh what a, I'm looking at an article right now that's trying to explain how Tom Steyer managed to qualify for this debate. Uh, and the, the, I can't possibly read through it because it's so long, but the title is The Best Campaign Money Can Buy. So clearly, the only way that Tom Steyer is managing to qualify for this has to do with the money that he has. Uh, it has it, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't appeal to anybody. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You want to hear what it is? Okay. Uh, The Atlantic article I just referenced says, uh, some of the support Steyer is enjoying makes cynical sense. Some on staff told me he's paying roughly 150% what other campaigns are offering, plus 100% of benefits, student loan reimbursements, and childcare for parents working out of the headquarters on Sundays. But even with that, Steyer hasn't landed some of the top Democratic operatives who've been left jobless after their candidates dropped out. So yeah, he is just funneling money into this thing. funneling money and again why this is like one of those things where this is clearly an individual has more money than he'll ever need because 
what what is he doing with it? He's running elections with it. Why? Why? What is the purpose? Nobody spends this amount of money because they believe in a political cause. No, I don't even know what his political cause is. How could he? There, what is what operation is this guy running? <laughs> there has to be some kind of thing going on. Has to be. Maybe like the Clinton Foundation kind of thing where you know he's solidifying some kind of business deal in the background. It has to be, right? It has to be something it just, it just he, he's referenced in this article as one of the most successful head fund wow one of the most successful hedge funders ever that's what this guy is he's pulling something he's pulling it, something I, it makes no sense because he hasn't made an impact at all no he hasn't made an impact at all. Like, I think he got just as many donors as he needed. And I think in order to like to qualify for a donor, you need to donate some amount of money. It's not like a minimum amount of money. So you could pull 150,000 people together to do that. Like it's not that hard if you run enough ads to be able to qualify for that part of it. Oh yeah, all you need to do is donate like a dollar. Yeah, a dollar, and you be, and you become that, right? And and it's it's just crazy to me. I don't know. You know, it was a big awakening for me when uh, you know, there, you know, this old thing. I don't know if you know this or not, but so like when they do art auctions, right? And you see these pieces of art, which are sometimes beautiful, sometimes not, but they go for millions and millions of dollars. It's not because people value art for millions and millions of dollars. This was pointed out to me recently, and I'm sure it's old news to a lot of people, but it was really important for me to hear this. It's money laundering. Uh, it's shit like that when you see people spend a hundred million dollars on a piece of art that's money laundering it's oh, one yeah. person well, sending that money amount of money out to get it washed by another person i didn't know that it's, my, a, it's a tax write-off and it and it's a tax write-off yes so because. i didn't know these things but now i do that made me so cynical when it comes to people shoveling money at shit. People do not shovel 150% when anybody else is shoveling at a losing cause. Something is going on, Tommy, yeah. Tommy Steyer. I mean, yeah, there's something going on because even, even with his minimal airtime, right. we see someone who got the least airtime out of all the debates combined in Tulsi Gabbard, take down Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no idea. So, it's, it's amazing. So you can make an impact with minimal yeah, time. You can. You absolutely can. It's just <clears throat> you have to say something. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, I, I don't know. It'll be. <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> Yeah, we're we are in a big swamp. That's really where we are right now. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'd like to think that, you know, the Libertarian Party could put something together. Not yet. And take advantage. Yeah. Of yet. this whole situation. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like the Libertarian Party's best opportunities 
I don't know. Gary Johnson didn't really squander them, although he did make himself look like an idiot. So maybe he did squander them. Maybe he did. Yeah. Okay, fine. He squandered his opportunity. Uh, I, th- I think there are enough people who are brainwashed into the, uh, even if I don't like the Democratic debate, even if I don't like the Democrat candidate, I have to vote for the Democrat candidate because I can't have the Republican candidate. That a hundred. Well, that is a hundred percent. I mean, my dad says this to me, like, but he knows what it sounds like. I tell him this and he's like, yeah, but that's, I will never do it. It's amazing. It's actually amazing how many people have that kind of worldview that like any blue, like you, what, what was the way you phrased it before? It was perfect. Um, Yeah. Blue, no matter who. Yeah, Yeah. That's great. It, it's I've, been such try, a, I've been trying to come up. I've heard that's not, I didn't come up with that, but I've been trying to come up with one for the Republicans. Like, red, oh, that's a good red or, Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> red, what is it? it what is it better, de- better dead than red was the old <laughs> thing. But oh, yeah. that, that would be actually, you know what? Better red than dead might be good because we know how much Republicans think they hate communists. Yeah, that could be a better red than dead. Yeah, better red than dead. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a big, it's a tribalism is really amazing, isn't it? How otherwise yeah. completely normal functioning, thinking, considerate human beings, uh, fear just prevents them from doing anything other than what you expect, and it is kind of incredible. Um, you know. Yeah, I actually, I had Dan Berman on the podcast and we were, we talked about how to get the, a third party to be a name. And I, this was just after I had read an article about how uh, 40% of Americans say they would vote for a third party. Yeah. So I so I basically said, like, we have to figure out a way mm-hmm. to get all 40% of those people to vote libertarian just because... That, right, that's the big problem, right? It's a third party. Yeah, that's the big problem is, is I believe that. Like, I really do genuinely believe that people would vote for a third party. I don't think there's anything actually preventing them from doing it. Um except for the third party itself not doing what it needs to do because there's no actual thing that prevents everybody in this system from you know leaving the two-party idea there's nothing that stops anybody it's just the third party has done nothing to make itself be known as a real option although i say that gary johnson brought in the most the highest percentage of, of votes that we've ever had in the in the in the libertarian party now i don't think that that's the guy who should represent the party but the last piece of information that the libertarian party has is well we're on the up you know they you know they larry sharp won us uh ballot access in new york for the first time ever in the in the history of the libertarian party so things are changing 
I don't know if they will continue to change or the change will stay, but where we're at right now, there has been a noticeable change from the last election cycle. Um, there is no third party yet. I think that if Donald Trump gets elected again, and I think that he will get elected again, and if the, the Democrats do not use that time to fashion the perfect candidate, they're done. They're going to break up. They have to. At some point, the socialists will win out. That party will break. And the Democrats, who were the centrists, will either move to the Republican Party and thereby kind of water down the Republican Party, which will make people leave, or the, the, the socialists don't take over the Democrats stay the same and the socialists form their own party. And I'll tell you what, if they form their own successful party, the libertarian party will be a successful party in response to that. It's just how that will work. It will just necessarily need to meet the poll on the other end. There's lots of options to how the libertarian party can increase itself, but it only does so unfortunately right now with the way that it is, it only does so right now based on the mistakes of the other parties. And that's not good. It's not a safe way to grow. So I don't know personally how we move forward, but I have noticed what seems to be the issue. Yeah, I mean, I think there is definitely a, a slot for a third party right now. Oh, yeah, man, there is. Just, there has to be. It's just a matter of educating people to get them out of the mindset of right. And how do I you have that? to vote for my party no matter what? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. It it is. It's tribalism. Right. It's yeah. plain and simple. My colors. That's my team. Right. Uh, so I I think if we could somehow convince everyone to vote for the LP uh, just at a principle to get a third party going, you know, I think it's possible. We have to see. I mean, unfortunately, we will not know until after the election is over. And look, we know we're not putting a libertarian in office. We know that. Nobody's going to be surprised by that, right? Nobody. There won't be a libertarian in office for a minimum of the next two decades, right? Like we're not anywhere close, but this election cycle is going to tell us a lot about the state of that party. First of all, LNC 2020 is happening. Nick Sorwork has competition this time. Uh, several individuals who hold a lot of clout with the new entrance into the party. That would be people like Pete Raymond and Scott Horton and Tom Woods. Uh, th these are new big names in the party who genuinely have quite a bit of clout. There are people who can challenge Sarwark. If he stays in the party, I don't know where the party goes. If he leaves, if he loses, at least we can look at that, at least from my perspective, and go, okay, I got what I wanted. Let's try and see if we can do better than him. Um, and I think we can. But really, we won't know until after this cycle ends. The other thing I'm really interested in is we will not know what our percentage is nationally because the Libertarian Party does not do polls. The Libertarian right. Party does not conduct things like this. It doesn't have the money to. It's not that it doesn't want right. to. It doesn't have the yeah. money to do it. it. This stuff costs a lot of money, <laughs> a lot. And so 
we won't know. And it makes it very strange. But I'll tell you what. If Sarwark stays in, but we get a higher national percentage, I think we're in a good spot. If Sarwark leaves and we get a lower percentage, I think we're okay, but we're in a worse spot. If both of those things don't happen, where we get a lower percentage and Sarwark stays in, he is fucked. And his way of doing things will never continue. He will get just those two more years and that's it. So, I don't know. Change is coming. <laughs> it re- it's coming whether we like it or not. So, we just got to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't really care about what party... Uh... You know, it it doesn't make sense to me. The thing is, you know, it seems like the libertarians are the only ones, you know, talking about increasing people's freedoms. Right, right. So, and, and, uh, and half the party doesn't even really necessarily agree with that. <laughs> right, and I think that's the problem. It's just that... I don't know. I get sick of people arguing, not understanding that, like, you know, supporting, for example, supporting Tulsi Gabbard's anti-war stance is not an endorsement of Tulsi Gabbard as sure, yeah, right, a complete candidate. And you're saying people think that it is, like, people act like it is. Oh yeah! I, oh, that's stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. It, I've seen it in uh, on Facebook all the time about why are you talking about Tulsi Gabbard? Oh my God, he's a terrible candidate. Why? Would I, you, you know what? And I and I'm guilty of that. I I always feel the need to remind people that despite Tulsi's good stance, she is not a good candidate. But I don't ever fight people about it. Uh, uh, you know, I think the idea that like I should would would uh, call you like a fake libertarian or call you a Tulsi supporter because you like her anti-war stance—that's ridiculous. Well, um, my my response to those people is always like, I don't know any libertarian who would vote for Tulsi Gabbard. That's in correct. Election. Correct. Yeah, They're I agree. All, they're all talking about supporting her in the primary. A hundred percent. The Democratic candidate. That's a great observation. Yes, that's 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 exactly right. Because that is a great way to put it. Because the reality of things are, it's going to be either a Democrat or a Republican in the presidency for the, you know. For I don't know how many years, a, a long time of sight. We still probably have a, a lifetime, maybe, until that's over, yeah. Right, so why shouldn't we try and get the best one in? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess, see, the interesting thing is she's got that really good stance and then she's got some really horrible stances. But I'm not really even sure that any of her horrible stances are that much more horrible than any of the other candidates' horrible stances. And I, uh, I've been, I've actually tried. I mean, I reached out on Facebook and on Instagram, uh, not Facebook, on Twitter and Instagram trying to get her on. Nice, because man. I'm really interested in the whole uh, audit the Fed thing. 
that she co-signed <laughs> yeah. with Thomas Massey. Yeah, she she has definitely been trying to play to our base. Um, you know, that's just obvious. I mean, and it's worked for for the for a lot of the part. Yeah, nobody's was like, yeah, I'll vote for her in a national election. Well, I mean, obviously some people have, but you know, I'm for the most part, I don't. Hear I'm that. wondering if she doesn't lean more that way, and she's just saying everything that, you know, you know, there are a lot of people who think one way, but have underlying thoughts about something else. Oh, yeah, especially a politician. Right. So I'm wondering if, you know, like, what her thinking is behind all those things. Right. Because Bernie Sanders talks about the corruption in the government and everything, but... He would never sign. He never signed an audit the Fed bill. Yeah, sure. So it's just I wanna. I I've yet to hear her talk about that. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's not a topic that really interests the people of that elector base, you know. So why, you know, why why would? Well, she yeah, and and I think that's why. And I I had heard. I I saw something on Facebook. Someone said they were at one of the rallies and talking to one of her people, and they were talking about they wanted to get her on a libertarian podcast with a following. Hmm. So, uh, I mean... You know, yeah. my podcast has no following, but, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know, man. You could probably, I mean, it, I've gotten people on my show who I have no right getting <laughs> on, like, like size-wise. I look at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, you really? You want to be on my show? It's, it's not as hard as you think. Most of these people like talking about their own shit. Here's something interesting. I didn't know this. Actually, I did know this, but I do want to bring it up. The thing that puzzles me about her is that she has some of those stances that we have, but then... She's a co-sponsor of HR 5087, which is the assault weapons ban of 2018. So, like, what is she? She's very, you know what I do appreciate about Tulsi Gabbard is um, she's very not ideological. Um, She's hard almost to predict where she's going to go uh, in a conversation. Joe Biden, it's very easy. Joe Biden is, okay, what did the Democratic Party think 10 years ago? Well, that's Joe Biden's opinion today. Uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg, what does Joe Biden, what, what, what if Joe Biden was current in 2019? That's Pete Buttigieg. Uh, <laughs> who else is there? I mean, like, you can really predict a lot of the moves a lot of these people are going to make. Andrew Yang bribes people. Everybody knows that that's what he does. Tulsi Gabbard's interesting because she has a really wide variety of opinions that I cannot seem to predict on anything. How are you going to want to ban assault weapons, which if you know anything, you've served in the military, you know for a goddamn fact there's no such thing as an assault weapon. It literally means semi-automatic rifle. That's what that statement means. You want to ban semi-automatic rifles. How on earth can you have an end the Fed? Well, audit the Fed, but we know where that came from. Uh, how on earth can you have an audit, the, endorse an audit the Fed bill and be as anti-war as you are, but also uh, you just just not really Second Amendment friendly? I've never seen it before, 
I'm sure it exists and clearly it exists with her and it doesn't make her more popular. So I really believe she believes it. So I don't know what to say about her. Like she frustrates me a lot and I don't like her because of it, but I also can barely predict where she's going to go half the time. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that she, I mean, I don't know. Do you know anything about her background? At what? Like military? Yeah, like just her. She was a medic. She was a military. She was a medic in the military. Yeah. Yeah, but so what happened was, is because I looked into this like right around when they were trying, when they first started to try and tear her down. Sure. It's like a year or two ago. Yeah. A year and a half ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I looked into her because they were talking about her uh, conservative background and her father and stuff. Oh, right. Her dad's. Yes, that's right. Yes. So her dad is like a conservative. Oh, yeah. Like guy, you know, like a hardcore conservative guy. And she used to work with him. Sure for her you know in high school i guess Mm -hmm. and then she went to uh iraq and when she was in iraq she was like wait all this stuff all this like keeping people all these laws about all this you know restricting what people can do right that's what's hurting them yeah so uh, to me like it sounds like she might have something in there it's just it's just gonna take someone to unlock it I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Right. It's possible. It's very possible. It's hard to know, man. It's really hard to know. It's very difficult. I agree. I think that you could probably, what I, what I certainly agree with is the idea that we could probably get Tulsi to agree with us even more on stuff. Uh, just certain things. Um, I just wish she was more predictable. (laughs) You know, I, I wish I could know. Well, I think her, uh, unpredictability is the fact that she just has some of libertarian views where the view yeah, where she, on, right where she shouldn't right like she it's almost doesn't match up with the other ideas well yeah. well i mean i'm just thinking now like the views she has that are libertarian are almost maybe directly related to uh, her awakening. Like she saw things that have led her towards freedom and the other stuff. But But the gun thing always confuses me, right? That's where I stop and I go, wait a minute, how have you not gotten to this point? You know, I, I I think the gun thing could easily easily be explained by uh, you know no one's gonna no one in the Democratic Party that, is gonna support. That's true. That's true. A pro second. But, but 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 then maybe see. I guess that's the problem. Is but then she really doesn't believe as much as I think she does. 
she, you know what I mean? Do you see the, do you see the cycle yeah. I go through when I think about Tulsi Gabbard is she is an enigma. She really doesn't make sense. Oh yeah. To she's definitely an, 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 an enigma. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, we could speculate for hours probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's clearly the best candidate on the democratic side. Uh, and on that, I will give no argument. She is clearly is clearly. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's a good place to end it. There you and, go. Uh, thanks for coming on. Oh, no problem, man. This was awesome. I hope I could do it again soon. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, maybe we could do like a... We'll do a debate recap is what we'll do because there's a, we got, oh, we have to, I have to figure out when the last debate is. I think it's in January. Yeah, maybe. Ooh, and then yeah, it's, then we go into the debate debates. Oh, God. <laughs> well, the debate debates don't start until like August. November, yeah, August, yeah. Yeah. They like have all in a row really fast. They have like eight debates or something. Wow. Jesus. That's crazy. So uh, that'll be fun. But yeah, we should do a debate recap. Maybe, oh, yeah. Like, maybe get Carr on or. Something. Oh, yeah. Force him to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. Yeah, I mean, uh, I won't be uh, able to watch this debate. So uh, there won't be any recap coming out, but yeah, maybe the January debate. debate. Yeah, the last one, that's going to be the firecracker because they have to, the interesting thing about that debate is because it is the last debate and you see this every time with last debates, um, they always overcompensate on the last debate. They want to be remembered. So some interesting stuff is going to start happening because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Did they, do you remember if they had debates during the primaries last time? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah, they did. So but it was for but it was Republicans, not Democrats. Right. I mean uh, no, I I what I'm saying is I specifically remember on the Republican side they were doing that. I don't even remember the Democratic debates, to be completely honest with you. Well, the Democrat debates were just boring, and it was Hillary Clinton versus Bernie. Yes, that's right. It was, it was, it was the two, there was Martin, like five people, right? Yeah, it was, Martin, no, it, well, that's what I was saying before. So Jim Webb and Lincoln Chafee were uh, the two other candidates, but they were not allowed on the stage. Right. Martin O'Malley was the third person on the debate stage, but he dropped out after like the first debate. Dude, it's crazy. It's Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and then three white guys who look exactly the same. Jim Webb, <laughs> Lincoln Chafee, and Martin O'Malley. Look up the three of those guys, print pictures out of them, and then shuffle them and try and tell me who you could, who's who. <laughs> that is insane. They are the same person. Yeah. Jim Webb, look this up, everybody who's listening. Look up Jim Webb, two Bs at the end. Look up Martin O'Malley, and then look up Lincoln Chafee, C-H-A-F-E-E. -E. Look up the three of those guys when you get a chance, as you, if you're listening, to, and, and tell me they don't all look exactly the same. No wonder I don't remember them. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so they, they always overcompensate. I don't remember that I was not watching the Democratic debates uh, in 2016. I was watching the Republican debates because they were buck wild. Um, and yeah, the last debate I distinctly remember was a, was a firecracker. Like they, they wanted to be remembered. So it's going to be very funny to see the Democrats do that. Pete Buttigieg has been ta- you know, telling that line the whole time about how we can't attack one another. That won't hold up. You've been attacking people the whole time. It's not going to oh, hold yeah. up. He, he tried to attack Tulsi last debate. Tulsi, Warren, Kamala. He's attacked everybody. Dude. He's the only one attacking. <laughs> he's, everybody else believed him, what he was saying. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, God, we just we, – I could keep going on tangents. We can't do this. <laughs> well, you should listen to uh, my uh, – the podcast I did with Nick Picone on uh, Sounds Like Liberty. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good show. We started, uh, we started, he asked me how to, uh, how I got into podcasting and Uh we never finished the story. (laughs) Yeah, I've been trying to do less of that. There's so many times that in editing an episode, because I listen back to every single episode when I edit it. There's times when in listening back to an episode, I will go, Oh man, I don't remember telling this story. Like I'll say something and I'll go, I don't remember telling that story. And it's because moments later I stopped telling the story. <laughs> I just keep getting distracted. So yeah, that's I got to work on that actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, luckily I realized it and <laughs> yeah. when he came on my podcast, I finished the story. Oh, cool. So. That's good. Yeah, there you go. You got to hook it up like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, but I'm going to let you go. Uh, just let everyone know where to find you. And Okay. Uh, well, I am Bird Archist. You can find me at Bird Archist at uh, Twitter. Uh, you can find my co-host at Cork Campit on Twitter. We run a uh, podcast called the Friends Against Government Podcast, which you can find on pretty much any podcatcher. Uh, we do comedy we do Bigfoot and we do politics as well as other, uh, uh, we've been doing a lot of anti-war stuff lately, which I've really liked. Uh, and we've been doing a lot of gun sense stuff lately, a lot of gun training and home defense stuff and things like that. And so I'm trying to do a whole bunch of topics on this show that has no like intended purpose. So go over there, watch, uh, listen to the friends against government podcast and uh, let me know what you think. Uh, DM me. Hopefully you like it. That's it. That's it. All right. Oh yeah. As you guys know, check out the podcast, The Unuseful Idiots, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and uh, give us a like, rate, subscribe, comment, whatever you can do. I don't know. They all do something different. (laughs) Yeah, anything that boosts the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, check us out on the social medias. You can email me at... uh, theunusefulidiots at gmail.com and all the information is on the website theunusefulidiots.com and uh, there's a support page on there so go check that out and find out how you can help the podcast grow uh, which by the way you've got one of the best podcast names I want you to know that I I heard the name of your podcast and I was like you know because you know, we've been, we've been looking at our options as to how to expand the podcast. So we've been trying to come up with new names of things and things like that. And I heard the unuseful idiots and I almost, I was almost mad at you that you came up with <laughs> name. 
<laughs> yeah, I was trying to like when it, when I started the because like I had the idea for a podcast like a year like almost a year and a half before I did it. Sure. And I originally had a co-host, so that was sort of like the, I guess we were trying to figure out when to do it. and Yeah, yes, the but, scheduling uh, part of it. Yeah. But I was trying to come up with a, uh, a good name, and I kept hearing people say, like, uh, bring up the term useful idiots. And I was like, oh. Why not do unuseful idiot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I really <laughs> like it a lot. It's a great name. I was, I was like, well, maybe we do like useful, useless idiot, but I was like, that doesn't really make sense. The useless idiot pot. Yeah, it's not as good as the unuseful idiot, right? It's that's perfect because it, it does. It sounds like it, it, like an idiot. Like it's perfect. It's great. I love it. I really love it. I really do. Well, it, it's the opposite of a useful idiot. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I really, really enjoy it. I do. Thanks. Yeah, that's what uh I've been getting some good feedback on the name from like our little community. No one nice. else gets it. I don't think anyone else knows what it means. <laughs> I mean yeah. I've I've had like a couple of people on Twitter be like you live up to your name. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I always yeah, that's great. That's that's funny. I I'm, I hope that I don't live up to the acronym of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh All right, this thing's still running. So uh oh, Hold okay. on, I got a squaw. I got I got I got to give us a squaw. Okay. Squaw. <laughs> There you go. And you can end it on that if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to end it.